Hi, I'm Ray, and you're listening to Insert Quest here. My pronouns are they, them, and she, her, and I'm coming to you from the lands of the Darug and Gurungai people. Uh, today, I have the wonderful pleasure of talking to Kat, a game designer and podcaster from Canada. Uh, it's a pleasure having you on the show, Kat. Uh, for our listeners that might not be familiar with your work, would you mind giving us a bit more of an introduction for yourself? I would be delighted. My name is Kat. I use they, them pronouns or occasionally she, her as the mood strikes. And I'm coming to you from Treaty 6 lands up in Western Canada. I publish games under the kind of trade name Peach Garden Games, where you can find a lot of solo games as well as Blazing Him, which is the game we played in Roar to Heaven. I am the award-winning now game yeah. master of the podcast Sword of Symphonies, where my good, cool friends playtest my game, and the choir master of Roar to Heaven, in which my cool friends playtest a different game and are punished for it. But, oh, fantastic. <laughs> punished relentlessly. But the most important thing that I do by a mile is the annual Solo But Not Alone bundle for Jasper's Game Day. Indeed. So last time we had you on the show, we did a big, like, personal interview where we looked at your games, uh, yeah, Raw to Heaven, and we talked about Blazing Him and and the podcast that you were hoping, at the time, hoping to run. I think it wasn't um, confirmed whether it would, uh, would yeah. be happening. I think that was for we the were... Kickstarter to raise money to do the podcast, right? Yes, to pay my editor, to pay my beautiful cast, and we succeeded. Yay! And now you're, and, you know, award-winning. It was for sort of symphonies, now Road to Heaven, but I haven't given up on winning an award for that one. <laughs> it's it a very happen. good podcast. Uh, so this... Like, mm, you go. If you Well, we were just talking about Gundam, and it's got... Listen, Road to Heaven has got a lot of child soldiers in mechs, so maybe that's easier to... <laughs> Yeah, indeed. Maybe it's, I mean, if like me, you like seeing child soldiers in mechs, go check it out for sure. <laughs> it's worth it. Um, finally, children getting what they deserve. Um, We're not uncritical of the concept, mostly. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> um, uh, brilliant. So yeah, last time we were talking about your personal projects and now we're going to be, today we wanted to talk about uh, Solo But Not Alone, which as you said, you uh, is a charity um bundle uh raising funds for jasper's game day um i guess yeah uh, i guess a wonderful place to start will be talking about what solo but not alone is so it's a big bundle of solo games and this is the third one you've put together yes indeed it was uh i think the first one was 2021 that's yes. how mathematics works yeah that does I mean, beautiful, beautiful part about this is now you just need to look at the last digit of the year to know. Yeah, so. what year it was. Oh, yeah, that would have been easier than counting, huh? Uh, Solo But Not Alone is an annual bundle of single-player TTRPGs. Ray's been in it. Um, yes. Multiple times, if I'm remembering right. I definitely, at least once, I think we put, um, I think we put uh, Live, Love, Die, Remember in there because it has a you solo did, sure. mode. Yeah, uh, you definitely I, I did I that one. I do feel that the solo mode of that game is the strongest version of that game, although the, the group play mode is still very good. Oh, but the thing is, I freaking love single-player role-playing. I'm so excited about it. I'm so passionate about it. Every interview I go on ends up me being just gushing about the concept of so single-player role-playing games. But 
Solo But Not Alone is not only a celebration of single-player role-playing, it's also raising money for suicide prevention through Jaspers. Jaspers Game Day works in the TTRPG space to fund outreach, education, and support to help people who are suffering from mental illness or suicidality in whatever way kind of they need to keep them here. Is Jaspers, I would assume that it is, but is Jaspers, like, focused in North America or a specific region? They're focused in North America, although they do a lot of online stuff because they're with the TTRPG community. So you see them do a lot of big stream events, usually in March. There you go. Which is good, because that's when this interview is coming out. Yes. Cool. So I guess a wonderful place to start would be, why did you decide... So we we know that you love solo games. I've done a series on solo games before, where I played all the solo entries in the um, Emotional Mecha Game Jam uh, bundle. Um, So I love them as well. Um, I think that it's well established that solo games are, um, I think perhaps when they were first coming out, it was like, oh, what a weird novelty. And now it's very much established, especially journaling <laughs> solo games, the oh. kind of solo game I, I enjoy playing the least, which is no no fault of, <laughs> no fault of journaling too, games. Darling, me too, me too. This is the exact, this is my exact story. <laughs> I, I swear. Uh, but I, I really think that... Um, yeah, they're becoming super popular. Uh, why for Jaspers did you decide to make a bundle that focused on solo games? Well, I fell in love with solo games after the 2020 Bundle for Racial Justice and Equality because I wanted to support the people who donated their games after I bought it. And I it was the beginning of the pandemic. I couldn't get my group together. I couldn't organize anything. And... Also, I couldn't get my friends to play anything but Pathfinder. And I was like, there's so many games in here this won't do. And then I found that someone had made a spreadsheet of the single player ones. And I was like, oh, this I can do. This is a way that I can uh, play all these games. And so I played them at first as this kind of gesture of gratitude. And then as I went through them, I fell in love with the medium. Just like they're all different and they're all special and beautiful. So when I wanted to put together a charity bundle of my own, I wanted to do solo games because I'm very passionate about them because I'd really deeply fallen in love with them. And I still am to this day. And another reason is that, well, my demon niece, my demon, my sister's hell eldest spent her, it must have been her fourth birthday, wasn't it? Making cards for me. Like it was her birthday and she didn't know how to write yet. All she did was scribble in green on a sheet of paper because she knows green's my favorite color. And I was like, this four-year-old is spending her birthday doing something kind for someone she cares about, and I'm absolutely not losing to a child. I'm going to spend my birthday doing something good for someone else, too, just like she did. And so I wanted to do a charity bundle. And because I've got my own history of mental illness and suicidality, mostly ideations, and also because my birthday is in the dead of winter, and at least in North America, I don't know what the statistics look like in Australia, but... The holidays are a real hot spot for suicides and suicide attempts because like lonely people feel the sting of the holidays, seasonal affective people don't see the sun. It's just, it's a grim time for a lot of people. And I thought, well, this is a perfect time of year then to raise money for a mental health charity. And when I said I wanted to raise money for a mental health charity and asked for some suggestions, Jaspers came up and I just thought they were wonderful. 
I still, Jasper's is great. Match made in heaven, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it sounds pretty fucking amazing, to be honest. And, like, what a what a monumental effort. Like, every year the bundle gets larger. Um, oh, yeah. And I'm sure you had some growing pains with organization as uh, putting oh. together big big itch bundles uh, can can be a struggle. <laughs> um, I mean, That's a little cheating. bit. Of- We're mutuals on Twitter. You know I did. <laughs> A little bit of inside baseball. <laughs> when you put together a uh, when you put together a itch bundle, normally, mm-hmm. and, and assuming the staff at itch are not helping you, uh, you you effectively collect a link collect collect a list of links to the games that people want to be have submitted in the bundle, and then you go through to each of these pages and you like manually add them to like your list for your bundle. And then uh, each one has to be approved for inclusion in the bundle by the person who owns the, like, rights to the game. Um, And if somebody doesn't approve their game or decides they want to remove their game from the bundle, you have to do the entire list again. Uh from scratch and then get everyone who'd already approved to reapprove uh and it is a nightmare however and and also this means that you can't once a bundle's gone live add new things to it um obviously oh, yes. um if you were paying attention during the uh during the running of the racial uh, inequality racial equality bundle um they actually added games on after the bundle had come out and they had a different approval process and that is because they had the itch stuff on the back end like yes like effectively going in and modifying the code and like force approving and every year every year i get dms from people saying i missed the call out can you add my game and i'm like i am sorry itch does not answer my emails i tried i'm sorry i don't have enough clout to get itch to enter my emails or i'm not lucky enough is more accurate um, because I'm pretty sure the racial inequality bundle was also put together by someone who was a relative unknown uh, from memory. So it's not like they really had any more pull with itch than you. They just got lucky and got saw seen. Um, but yes, it's a nightmare trying to organize a bundle. But what but... amazing good! How much money have you raised already? And I actually have the number right here in front of me. <laughs> As of recording time. This bundle, Solo But Not Alone 3, has raised $24,439.81. Yeah, with the, my friend, with the, My friend Bill this... donated something that ended in $0.69 because he's like that, but of his course. total was damaged, and he doesn't love that. And <laughs> so, yeah, you're, if he you're wants. aiming for a goal of, like, 32000 Yes, indeed, because 31000 and some is how much we made in the first year. And we made oh. 29000 and some the second year. And since this is our biggest bundle yet, I also want it to be the one that makes the most money for Jaspers. Do you know what the money from the first solo but not alone bundle went to? Do I do know? not. I do. Tell me. I will tell you. It is, pardon, it went toward mental health education in elementary schools. I mean, so, extremely needed everywhere, but especially in North America. I know. I was so touched when I heard it. Because, yeah, like, giving children the ability to understand what their brain is doing, to cultivate kind of an active relationship with their brain, is going to make it easier for them to recognize a mental health crisis in themselves and seek help when they need it. It's also going to chip away at stigma against 
uh, asking for help. I mm-hmm. just thought that was the most beautiful thing. And I was so grateful that Jasper's took the time to let me know that was what they did. There's a thing um, in Australia related, but but similar, where when you now when you donate blood, when they use that blood, they'll tell you. Uh, mm-hmm. So you get a text message back saying your blood was just used in such and such hospital. Uh, <laughs> and I remember the last time I donated blood, I got that text message literally as I was uh, on the train to the airport and my train was going past the hospital where it had been used. Oh. I was like, what a weird coincidence. What a really weird coincidence. Uh, But it is so wonderful when you get to have a glimpse at an insight into like what your, what your, what is the word? Charity, I guess, has gone towards. So like, it has. whether it's something small like donating blood or whether it's something like massive, like donating a huge amount of money. Um, I mean, it all matters at the end of the day. We're, we're keeping people alive, right? Indeed. I I think that (laughs) this is a much grander gesture, uh, uh, in my opinion. Um, Even though, (laughs) even though perhaps the load is shared amongst many, it's still quite impressive. Um, And, and a lot of work. Um, Oh goodness. So hmm, that's, I think maybe an excellent place to go from here would maybe be talking about the diff- the broadly different kinds of solo games that are included, because we, we hinted at journaling games being really popular. Yes. Um, so maybe talking about the differences between oh, some so games, many. and then maybe we can like sing out some highlight uh, games from the project. Oh, I would love that. Because here's the thing, journaling games are a big part of the solo game scene, and they're gorgeous, and they're usually very poetic and very beautiful. I love them, to be honest. But my favorite solo games come out of my my very favorite studio, um, My Lads. That's right. It's the time in the cat interview where I talk about Cat Scratcher Studios, my beautiful <laughs> lads from Brazil. I am their number one fan. Fight me if you think you are. You're not. It's me. <laughs> I adore them because their games are, first of all, mechanical they're pretty crunchy actually they encourage journaling but it's not the primary means of gameplay and they're also they make campaign play games so Mm. the game that they've submitted to solo but not alone three is wonderfall which is a hex crawl a solo hex crawl sounds fucking amazing it is it's so cute it has kind of a kind of a wander home aesthetic where you're playing like a little animal friend Ah, and you're trying to kind of rediscover and like reconnect with your people and your culture after the world got shattered in a cataclysm you're on this floating island exploring it and it has experience so what you do is you like you play a little bit you gain a little experience you go on a couple quests and then you put it down and then you come back to it and you play the same guy and you continue exploring oh very neat yeah, a lot of people don't think of like replayable or revisitable solo games, but Cat Scratcher Studios actually does a lot of them. Wonderfall is a particular triumph. I love it. Let's see. There's the very um there's the the very there's a couple very one of a kind games in here. A couple games Which that are like I I, th- I think is very <laughs> true of like um itch games, itch uh, itch uh, oh, I mean yeah. itch games in general. TR Tabletop RPGs on itch in general, uh, yeah. and then and then even more so solo games. Like solo games have such an exploration, like just by their nature are more uh, explorative. Oh um, yes, and more experimental because I've described it as being the lunatic fringe of RPG design. 
where all the not only where you get all the wild things that you wouldn't see anywhere else, but also where you get marginalized people who have been shoved to the margins telling their own authentic stories about their experience. It's wonderful. In that vein, we have a body to die for a journaling game about a trans necromancer struggling to live before they succumb to undeath. And you don't get that in the mainstream stuff. Yeah, well. You just don't. I really love um, titles for games where there's kind of a, like, pun in there. Like, a, a body yeah. to die for fits perfectly in there. Um, yeah. Uh, my own game, Last Nights on Earth, where it's a pun on both nights and nights. Uh-huh. <laughs> You've um, done it. And it's also a pun on last and lasts. Um, uh, but yeah, I fucking love that. That's a great name for a game. I fucking love a clever oh, name. Oh, yeah. It's very Love very a clever name. Let's see. We've got several kind of uh, transparent fan games. I love a transparent fan game. We've got Curse of Vengeance, which is very much a Castlevania. We have got Attic Phantoms by Glade say, there, looks like there could be a few things in here that could be Castlevania. Uh, We've got a couple. <laughs> We've got a couple. I just saw uh, Castle of Memories just immediately. I'm like, hmm, that could be that could be one. Yeah, that could absolutely be one. <laughs> um, but we do also have Attic Phantoms, which if you are a big um. It's Attic, like me. the like the room in your roof. Yeah, it's yeah. uh, it's inspired by Disco Elysium. So if you're a big Disco oh. Elysium fan, that's gonna be kind of your jam. Yeah, well, there's so many. Oh yeah, there it is. Oh, Phantoms with an F. Phantoms with an F. Let's see. We've got Card Souls, which is very much a Dark Souls game, but with cards, presumably cards. Oh yes, a Dark there's... Souls inspired solitaire card dice game based on some luck and resource management. That sounds pretty cool. And I mean, my own Apex Predator White Sky Reach is just me doing Monster Hunter World Iceborne. That's just nice. me doing Monster Hunter World Iceborne. I really like Gun Cowboy, which isn't so much a specific transparent fan game as it is like a um, a really passive aggressive love letter to a genre. Yep, I'm here for that. <laughs> like it, it's it's a love letter to the western, but it is not uncritical about the violence in westerns. In fact, yep. it's deeply critical of them. It's really beautiful, <laughs> and oh, there's yeah, a they... lot of um. Ooh. I was just say I just found Curse of Vengeance. Yeah, that's a tr uh, that's that's a Castlevania. Yeah, that you can't that, I fool mean, us. You just look at that uh, font. I fucking love that. It's interesting. Yeah. Scroll. So obviously, while I, while we're talking about these, um, I'm looking at the the solo but not alone bundle page Me on too. itch and like Me scrolling too. through them and looking at the art and i can see so there's stuff here that it looks like it might be either someone's first time making a game or yeah. someone relatively like new in their process um some of these games are using like um so stock photography like uh like covers and text yeah. just um which is an excellent way to like get into making a role-playing game like if you are somebody who's got like a mind mm -hmm. for writing the Writing the text of a game, um, a great way to like uh, get art is by using stock art and stuff. And, and then there's also stuff on here that I can tell has been made with Canva, which is my biggest like 
thing that accelerated my g- game design. Yeah. Uh, so, for example, it's in the vents, an alien-inspired solo survivalist game. I can tell oh, that, that that's so made uh, made on Canva because of um, the art assets in the uh, in the thumbnail. Um, because it's I have in the used- vents. It is so good. I need you to... It's in the Vents was made for the Carta Jam because I wrote an SRD oh, for single-player games and I it was one of the most fun things I ever did because I did a jam and people kept writing games and I was so delighted I could and did cry. But It's in the Vents is very alien. It's very tense for a Carta game. It's so cool. <laughs> I fucking love it. And so, yeah, this, I, I guess to what I was sort of getting at is that oh, yeah. there's so many people in here that have that are like mi- like early career or mid career and are and are showing up to one support this charity and two to like get their games out there and get them seen by people and yeah. so i feel like as a yeah i just feel like this is probably your solo but not alone bundles have probably launched a lot of people helped launch a lot of people's yeah. careers by helping them like get uh, oh, I hope so. Get picked up and stuff. Because every time someone tells me that this is like their first game or their first solo game, I'm delighted beyond measure. And I genuinely hope that somebody plays it and falls in love with it. And that's why I put the spreadsheet in every year. Every year, I include a spreadsheet of all the games, their genres, the things you need to play them, and brief descriptions so that people can find a game to fall in love with. Because all of these games deserve to find the person who will fall in love with them. Is that the thing that is labeled in the get in the bundle as solo but not alone three glossary? Yes, Jasper's uploads it. That's my trick, by the way. My that trick. Is so cool. Yeah, I got Jasper's to sign up for an itch account, and they every year they upload the spreadsheet and they add it to the bundle so that I just say one hundred percent of proceeds go to them and I don't have to touch it. Oh, that's such an ex. So, a- another like behind the scenes thing, right? When <sighs> you make a bundle, you have to like divide, decide who's getting the yeah. getting the profit. So, if you want to do a charity bundle, you often have to like give all the profits to one person, uh, and then you have to trust that that person's gonna uh, pay it out. But that's an excellent like solution there oh, yes. by getting the charity to sign up, and then you can give it all to them. Uh, yeah, that's that's inspired. <laughs> It's it's so good. It's so easy because honestly, once I get this thing flying, I don't really have to worry about it. Aside from obviously like promoting it and singing the praises of these gorgeous games, I can just leave it be. And then when it ends, Jasper's has the money, not me. I don't have to worry about it. Love that. That's so good. That saves so much time too. Because like transfer, like normally you got to wait for itch to pay out, which is like two weeks oh. after every payment has been processed however long each payment takes to process and then you've got to wait for the uh then you've got to wait for it to actually go to your rank account and then you've got to transfer it to the person that you're giving the money to so it can be like six to eight weeks after Uh, a bundle is over before uh, the charity gets the money ray it's not just that though the charity has their tax stuff worked out Oh, so they get, like, a bunch of tax exemptions and stuff because they're a charity organization? Yeah, and they're the ones who wrangle the tax status in itch. They're the ones uh, who do that part. Oh, uh, that's very cool. Oh, it's it's so easy. Listen, if you're thinking of doing a charity bundle, if you can convince the charity to sign up for itch and upload something to the bundle, your life will become so much easier. 
That's, that's so good. my suggestion for you. Yeah, wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, because bundles are not like not a lot of the stuff that we that game designers and stuff do on itch, obviously, and you know this mm-hmm. is taking the tools that itch has and hacking them to do things like that that they're not meant to do. <laughs> Like, like community copies. <laughs> yeah, like community copies are like uh, exploiting the reward system because that's meant <laughs> to be for like adding things on to like a game, like either DLC or like a physical copy or like a, uh, like a magazine or something. And so it's meant to be like, oh, buy the game, but if you pay extra and then somebody worked out, oh, actually you can set the, the money for a reward at zero and then have it so that you don't need to buy the yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and so you're using this thing that's meant to be like gaining you more money in, uh, as a tool to let people get copies of the game for free if they're disadvantaged. Um, similarly, co-op bundle, uh, bundles are all meant to be like revenue share between, uh, the yeah. participants. Uh, and then, you know, when you do a co-op b- bundle, it's like one person set their share to a hundred percent. Everybody else set their share to zero. Um, and there, yeah, and so doing it with the, doing it by having the charity join and having them uploading something to the bundle so you can have them be the 100% revenue share person yeah, is such oh. an amazing use of the tools that are not designed <laughs> to work that way, which is, yeah. the, which is the itch game designer experience. We're, um, we're twisted little goblins who will never use anything for its intended purpose. Hey, if you if, if your favorite part of uh, of a fantasy setting is when somebody works out a loophole and a power that allows them to do something <laughs> broken, you might enjoy becoming an itch game designer. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. You never said I couldn't do this. You never no one ever said. I am Batman painting an entire room yellow to fight Green Lantern. It's all listen, it's all Airbud rules. Exactly. There ain't nothing that say a game designer can't set the reward price to zero. <laughs> ain't no rule. There ain't no ain't rule no about rule. it. Ain't no rule about it. Um, oh, fantastic. So, Speaking of there ain't being no rules. Indeed. These games cover all kinds of wild stuff. Um, Fire Sauce Fever Dream, you play with a cootie catcher. Um, yep. And where's is, that, my- is that like a chatterbox? It's the little, I'm miming it, but you can't see and we're on audio. And and it's got, it's like the four. Yeah, it's got the four corners and you pinch it. Yeah. So in Australia, it's called a chatterbox. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. It uses one of those. There you go. That's Um, cool. Mandrake Sanctuary. I love Mandrake Sanctuary because there's this subgenre of solo games that is my favorite, my number one favorite. Um. And that is games that you play by doing like real life self care stuff. Uh, I mean, perfect for the for this bundle in particular, but also yes. just amazing in general. So Mandrake Sanctuary has these adorable little guys, these little mandrakes, and you raise them. You uh, basically you draw a detail of them every day, or you journal about how they're growing every day. Um, and you pick a soil for them and they only grow when you do a certain thing, depending on what soil they're in. So like, I've got a little rose guy who grows whenever I exercise that day. And I've got a little sunflower guy who used to grow just when I made it through the day, when I just survived a day, but I changed his soil today so that now he grows whenever I, um, take my blood pressure readings at home, like a grown up, Cause my doctor wants me to do that now. 
Well, I mean, it's yeah, that's fucking cool that there's a game yeah. like that. I ah, I love it. Oh, I love it. it. It's so beautiful and it's so gently written. It's like, hey, if you don't make them grow, that's okay. They're going to be fine. Like, if you leave the game for a while and come back, someone will take care of them. They're going to be fine. Like, there's no like Tamagotchi guilt in this thing. It reminds me of those self care apps where they give you like a virtual pet. Yeah. My partner it's very has much one that of vibe. those. And it's like, oh, when you do your self care tasks, it makes the pet happy. Yeah. And so far, it's really working for me. Like, <laughs> Like, I've developed a healthy exercise habit. I love that. That's so cool. And it's, um, we love to push the boundaries of what is a game and how do you play. Yeah, I remember my first sort of, like, experience with um, with games that push what is a game and, and, how, uh, and how do you play was, and I sadly can't remember the name of it, but it was this game that was basically just a setting document explaining the biology of this alien world. Um, and then mentioning that uh, this world is about to be colonized by humans, and when humans arrive on this planet, on this planet, um, no matter what they do, uh, it will contaminate this planet and totally destroy the ecosystem. No matter how cautious they are, it is unfortunately uh, completely non-biologically compatible, um, and any disruption to the equilibrium of this particular ecosystem will completely destroy it. Uh, and you play that game by setting up all of the, like, um, play sheets, effectively, uh, in a room, in your house, and then closing the door to the room with no one in it, and leaving the room. And when you enter the room, the game ends. Uh, because <laughs> you are human beings arriving in the ecosystem and destroying the environment. Um, and I'm really annoyed that I can't remember what that uh, what that game is, but uh, oh, that's incredible, though. <laughs> a fantastic art uh, art oh. experiment of a of oh, a game. Oh, that's delicious! And listen, listener, they're not all too smart for you. They're not all Indeed. like art pieces that you that are real thinkers that you play conceptually. Like there's there's genuine like I, I don't they're all genuine and they're all beautiful. But like Pilgrimage of the Sun Guard is a game about playing an Arthurian knight. There's mm. Monster Realm student exchange program about building relationships and being a monster. I really enjoyed Skirmish of the Sorcier, which is about witches resolving a disturbance with their flashy magic. So like so a lot of solo games are art pieces and very conceptual and very lunatic fringe. And then and other ones them, are like the complete opposite of that. Yeah, a lot of them are. Delve by Anna Blackwell is uh, a Dwarf Fortress-inspired solo map-making game about just building a huge monstrous dungeon. Cool. Very That's cool very and cool. good. One of my personal faves from the Bundle for Racial Justice and Equality, The Estate of Baron Archambaud, an ingrate is a game about exploring a mansion owned by a weird guy who owes you something and now you must go into his weird mansion to get it also he's dead um and it's it's a puzzle game it's a single player puzzle game it absolutely blew my mind it's so That's clever and cool. it's so fun That's um pretty fucking rad i yeah there's i'm just looking at like the names of people in this bundle and there's like there's a bunch of people, well, there's at least one person from Australia that I see on here. Um, and then there's, mm. uh, like, some old uh, hats from the industry that have sort of, like, drifted away, but have clearly come back to add stuff to this bundle. 
Is Croco um, from Australia? Because I come from a land down under as a solo journaling game of desperate survival in a post-apocalyptic I, Australia. I did see that in the list, and I'm like, was this made by an Australian? It's interesting to use Uluru uh, there as, yeah. uh, as a piece. I don't know. Let me see. Um, but, yeah, there's a bunch of, like, it's interesting seeing, obviously, we talked about seeing new names and people, and then there's also, like, a bunch of old names coming in. Uh, yeah. Some of the formats of games on here are quite interesting too. So mm-hmm. I think this person might be from Australia because I think they tweeted at me a while ago. One of my one of my favorite things that I will never stop talking about is that I often get, and I have always got, a lot of wretched games. And I have noticed this ever since Solo But Not Alone 1. Solo But Not Alone 1 was full of wretched and alone games. Oh, so like, oh as in the type of game. Yes. So there's Yeah, no, no, called- not bad games. No, as in they're built on the Wretched and Alone SRD by Matt Sanders and Chris Bissett. Yeah, and yep, yep, yep. people I don't I don't know what it is that they've done to build that community, but people who've designed wretched based games come out for Solo But Not Alone every year. Yeah. I love it and I love them. Same thing with like Carta games. Um, there's Single mm-hmm. Samurai, a game I won't forgive its creator for. <laughs> oh, and why's that? Hey, okay, listen, Hypnos. <laughs> listen, Hypnos. We are mutuals on Twitter. We are friends, I would say. We discuss things all the time. You made a hack of my game, of my game Sacred Forge, and you let me find out about it on Twitter. With everyone else. I definitely I'll never forgive you. Definitely, if you make a game based on someone else's game, you should definitely let them know. Not in you like should... a weird to be clear, you might not be ga- gauging our tone uh listening to this. Um this is not uh outrage and disgust at having no. an idea ripped off. This is I can't no. believe you didn't let me promote your game by yes. tagging me. And, I can't. Uh, I can't believe you didn't tell me about it the second you started work on it. I would have been cheering you on the whole time. I can't believe you let me find out when it was already released on Twitter. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm so mad <laughs> that that's how I found out. I'm not mad. I'm obviously not mad. They did it. Like Single Samurai is beautiful because uh, Sacred Forge is a game about like building a magic sword. Mm-hmm. Um, you're the blacksmith in the Sacred Forge and you're making this magical sword for the hero. And um, Hypnos made this version based on the Seven Samurai, where you're like fortifying a village for a bandit attack. That is fucking amazing. Also, I love Seven Samurai. <laughs> then you should play Single Samurai. It's so Evidently. good. It's incredible. I'm just mad that I found out about it on Twitter. <laughs> I thought we were friends, yeah. Hypnos. I thought Amazing. we were pals. How could you do this to me? Yeah. Hot tip for any game designer. If you make a game based on someone else's thing or inspired by it, tag them and they will n- undoubtedly help you. Oh, yeah. I can only oh. think of one game designer that wouldn't, and I'm not going to name them because it's me to call them out. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, but... But everyone else will be like, fuck yeah, let me promote your thing. Um, sometimes people even promote your thing if you've got beef with them. So, like, don't even think that's a barrier. Um, <laughs> True. Uh, yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, oh. always, so, but but it is a beautiful know. game made by a really great, <laughs> really great person who I, I cannot, like a lot. <laughs> I can't wait to check that out, to be honest. 
Um, yeah, there's so many things in it. Like you could do, you could do, and this is actually something that I believe Kat has talked about before. You could pick up one of these bundles and you could do like a review show, send it around this, and you would have content for like, how many entries are in this? 148. Yeah, that's two years of content. Yeah, it's a lot. If you're doing weekly, yeah. 148, probably three. Probably three yeah. years of content, actually. Um, oh, uh, it's so good. And that's just if you were doing reviews. Imagine if you were doing actual plays of these things. I did do an actual play, as I mentioned earlier, of solo games. And that was like, what, yes. 13 episodes or something long? Oh, wow. Um, and there was a bunch of solo games in that bundle that I didn't play. Uh, so, like... Oh, yeah, well, no... <laughs> Playing all of them might not be possible for you, but I hope that the spreadsheet helps you pick out the ones that are for you. Yeah, 100%. So, And even if you're not, like, making a show or anything, um, that's a yeah. lot of, even just playing things like once, that's a lot of, like, uh, novel experience that you could be getting. Um, mm -hmm. And as a game designer, there is some really amazing solo stuff here. I think something yeah. that I really want to see integrated mechanically more and it's not not done but i just want to see it more uh is like group play games like what we would call a traditional rpg where you play as a group with yeah. solo play elements for like between session especially as episcolatory oh. uh games become more common and journaling games become more common that I would be really cool you. like between session stuff because i know a lot of people that play games and they don't play them in a professional like arena. So not like actual players and stuff, but a lot of people play in their home games who like, uh, they, their characters are like writing letters to one another between, between sessions. They're doing like out of sessions stuff. That's one-on-one -on -one with the MC. It's like, yeah, look at some solo yes. games. Maybe, um, if you're, if you're a game designer looking, looking at solo games to find new mechanics to integrate is an excellent place to start. Also, you might realize that you want to write a solo game, which is even more amazing. Mm -hmm. And two, if you're like somebody running a campaign and you want to like do something really interesting, maybe that like, maybe that week where only one person can turn up, you play a solo game that is related to the themes of your game and you just skin it as a solo adventure. Or maybe yep. for your between session stuff, you like do solo games because a lot of these are like, while not instantaneous to learn, they're like a few minutes to like mm -hmm. pick up the mechanics of this game. They're not usually um, complicated. No, no yeah. space for it. No room. <laughs> yeah. I, th I think there's even a game in here that it looks like it fits on a business card. I would believe it. I know Wonderfall is pamphlet length. So Lab it is. Crawler mechanic. Me mechanicians Ooh, the I know art, what you're talking about the art looks like a a business card whether it actually is I don't know I'm looking nope pleasure not business card RPG jam down that right now I, I have now? I have an obsession with business cards and my first published game was a business a business card size lop oh. so um, I think I you make the die was also a uh, pleasure not. Yeah, it was also a pleasure not business card game. Oh, yep, there it is. I, By Aaron Goss. Next, next line down, same designer. Yeah, so oh, there's yeah, a lot of amazing stuff in here. 
Oh yeah. Um, there's so many games we haven't mentioned. Oh my god, uh, that so look many. amazing. I think we did actually talk about Delve, but Delve looks amazing. We did talk about Delve. Well, you're talking about games that could supplement an ongoing campaign. Sword Saga is about telling mm-hmm. the story of a weapon all through its life, from when it's first created to when it's kind of laid to rest with its owner. And if you're playing like a Dungeon Dragon or a Pathfinder, this is a great way to add some beautiful backstory to those magic weapons you're giving your players. A hundred percent. Yeah, fully. A hundred percent agree. There's a, there's a game that was made. It's not in this bundle, but it is a solo game. I think it was called Legacy of Steel by a person that made more kids, Matthew something who I believe is also from Canada. But that game is perfect for, like, establishing the backstory of your mech. Um, oh, so like, yeah. It's whole th- that, that game's whole thing. Like, you can play it on its own, but it's also really useful if you're, like, playing something like Lancer or Beam Saber and you need... And you want to... And your mech is, like, a, an heirloom mech. This is a great way to to create a backstory for that. Which leads me wonderfully into my... Possibly final question, well, penultimate mm. question at the very least. How, do you take care to not repeat entries? I I didn't years? in Solo But Not Alone 2, but Solo But Not Alone 3, I did. Solo But Not Alone 3 specifically was new games only. Mm-hmm. So all the games in Solo But Not Alone 3 have never been in Solo But Not Alone before. A practice that honestly I'm going to keep on keep up going forward. Yeah, I mean, for one, that stops it from just growing, like the bundle becoming overwhelmingly massive every year. True. Um, but also it means that if people, if a, if this becomes somebody's like ritual, that they every year I buy the solo but not alone uh, bundle, then that means every year they get, they're only getting new things, um, which I think is pretty awesome. Um, and I yeah. think you've done an amazing, amazing job with this. Obviously, we could go on talking about each game, but we do have a limited amount of time. So I just wanted to thank you so much for being on the show. And hopefully you smash that uh, $32,000 goal and we go on to whatever the next goal is that you'll be aiming for. This bundles live through March... To the end of March, yes. To the end of March. So if you're listening to this in March, the bundle is still available. Uh, where can people find more from you? And where can they find more about uh, the Solo But Not Alone? You can find Solo But Not Alone 3 by going to itch.io and searching for Solo But Not Alone 3. That's an easy way to find it. You can also probably Google it. I'm going to be honest with you at this point. That's where what you I can did. Find- yeah. Where you can find my stuff is at peachgardengames.com or peachgardengames.itch.io. I am on Twitter at catlinggun. That's C-A-T-L-I-N-G-Gun. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> pew. Uh, and we're going to have links to all of that stuff down below, uh, yeah. including a link to Jasper's Games Day. Um, if you enjoyed listening to this interview, we have a bunch more like it, including in another interview with Kat where we talk about uh, their game design process in particular, as well as interviews with game designers from around the world, as well as game editors and other people that work in the game industry. And you can find that by clicking on the interview tag or the interview tab or the interview category, depending on what platform you are on. Um, otherwise, uh, thank you so much for being on the show, Kat. Uh, and thank you, our listeners, uh, for tuning in. Uh, 
Farewell from the past. I'm Ray.